recording. Hello and welcome to Chapter Chumps. We're your chumps here to talk some chapters. Today, uh, we are going to be discussing the first two chapters of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Return of the King, the final part of the Lord of the Rings kind of trilogy. Wow. Um, so that's Connor. That's you, gonna be, you, uh, uh, you really sound like a, like a professional like host or like a like a dj of some kind you know yeah yeah i think i think our podcast we really bring this um like live radio energy yeah that's what it is you know it's, it's a it's podcast live. but we have lot we have live on the air radio energy don't yeah, we yeah i think so yeah yeah um wh- what do you think your your you know morning radio dj name would be um Goodfoot. Oh, DJ Goodfoot. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that a lot. Because I just have like a yeah. really like one of my foot is like really good. One of your foot is really good. I know. <laughs> yeah, I have one. I have one, one good foot. foot. Is really one good. Um, one of, I have one good foot. Yeah. Well, because we were talking before we started about he Connor had a, a really disgusting, nasty wart on his foot uh, for yeah. years for a no long longer. time. A long time. Yeah, for, for a long, like a way too long. Yeah. Like, like honestly, it's actually more disgusting how long I had it than the ward itself. Like it yeah. was crazy it how long it was on my fucking. Yeah, it butt. was just a long. It was just a long time, um, and now he did go to the foot doctor, and they, they, um, they, they helped you out. They, they, uh, they got it off there. It's, it's. Uh, they yeah, they, they like out. sawed it right off. Pretty they much, sawed it off. They, they, they smoothened your entire foot and now it's like a baby yeah they it's like a baby in, foot in now. the in the foot industry they call that paring down they Paring, pared yes. it down paring down yes yeah not not to be uh confused with pairing your bluetooth device to your cell phone right or like pairing up like getting into groups it's not like yes. that um josh i i'm hello curious your answer if, if you were a morning radio show host what would your uh, your dj name be I have never put any thought into this whatsoever. All right, well, now is the I, time. Now is the time. I am incapable of putting any thought into this whatsoever right now. Okay, then I guess what do you we think have about, to name, what, what, name of <laughs> What do you think about free beer and hot wings? No. Sounds like a good time to me. <laughs> I am telling you. I am telling you. I don't you, drink beer or, or enjoy hot wings. I, I okay, don't enjoy but, either of those. But those those were real guys. Like I don't know what they do. I don't, they might still be going at it. They might still be I doing don't it. Know. But 103.5 and 103.9, the edge in the capital region, the hard rock radio station, those were the, the DJs. People listening, um, Connor is convinced that there is a, a radio DJ na- that's named Free Beer and Hot Wings. I think it was two D- guys. DJ I think there was a pair. One, one, one was Free Beer. 
and one was hot wings. Oh, huh. and like I really think I'm, I really think I'm right about that. Okay, so. well, hey, um, li- you know, listeners, write in, uh, t- tell us your thoughts, or if no if, one has to tell me their thoughts, you could just Google it. Well, I'm you telling know, you all the information you need. One hundred three point five and one hundred three point nine. The Edge. It was called the Edge. It was the Capital Region Hard that's Rock the name Radio of every Station. Radio station, though, it's like oh yeah, so my god. Um, okay, but if if anybody knows free beer or hot wings, um, pass it on. They're welcome <laughs> on the show if they want to talk Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that'd be really. I would yeah. love to talk uh, Lord of the Rings with hot wings. We could do like Lord of the Wings Lord episode. Of the wings. Yeah, yeah. I could so, totally see. I, I could see that being Legolas and Gimli. Yeah, they do have some free beer and hot wings energy. Regulus and Gimli in the morning. That would be a good yeah. I'd tune into that show on my commute. That would be cool. Connor, what's your um, uh, radio DJ name? Oh, man. Um, that is a good question. Yeah, not so easy, is it? You just like to oh, ask no. everyone. I do, yeah. You no, just I, you just love to ask I everyone, do. and then when it gets yeah. turned around back on you, you got no fucking clue, yeah. do you? Um, let's see. You're, so you're DJ Goodfoot. Josh is DJ um, DJ. What'd you say? Um, that that he's growing a beard. He could be. He could be DJ Beard. That's not a good DJ name. What about um, DJ Beard guy? What about uh, DJ uh, Professor P? Oh yes, no. I, and it, okay. That, that's pretty good, that's right? It. That's it. That's no. it. And only right. We know that's what pretty that, good. Only we know what that means, Professor P. What does the P stand for? You can you can speculate. It's a only, mystery. Only we know. Only it's we a know. mystery. But um, I think that'd be a good one. That is a good one. That that yeah, that's a good one. Um, I I'll be DJ, um, DJ Blastosaurus. You guys think that's cool? Um, I, uh, it's not what I was expecting. Oh, okay. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's cool. I think you should keep it. Well, thank you. I'm going to keep it, uh, you know, for when the day comes. You know, on, uh, it's cool to know our like morning radio DJ names, but uh, on this podcast, if you're joining us for the first time, my name is Connor. Uh, I'm joined as ever by Blastosaurus, aka also named Connor, and of course the one and only Joshua O'Connor. Professor Hello. P in the house. There yeah. we go. Uh, so we are continuing. Our Lord of the Rings journey, and here we are on the final part, the beginning of the end, the first two chapters of Return of the King. What do you What do you guys wow. think? Wow! Starting Starting this book here. Um, any general thoughts on like kind of getting to this point in the series, uh, or or the chapters in general? I know we don't always start with like a general discussion, but I, I guess I'm just wondering on the outset of uh, this final part, how do we feel? It was a long set of chapters after a bit of a break, so I also I also ended up reading the uh, the, the um, 
synopsis at the beginning. Yeah. Of the yep. of the what the story as it was so far. I actually have notes on it. I didn't you know, read that I shit. also I also took a you didn't read the synopsis. I didn't Connor? read that. No, of course not. Are you kidding me? It feels like maybe that could have really helped you out because sometimes you seem kind of confused about like what's no, going I've on. No, I've got you guys for that. So it seems like a synopsis actually would be like really maybe helpful for you. No, why would I read a synopsis when I can just ask you guys? All right. I guess you just want to you just want to outsource your uh, you know I'm, your engagement with the story. You just want I'm, you just want to delegate no, that to no, other no. people. I, okay. I'm just not into cliff notes. You know, I'm I I, I read the book. I don't need to read a, <laughs> a summary. You know, or you know, a synopsis. It, it was it was an interesting summary though. Yeah, I felt. Um, no, I I don't I don't I didn't look at the maps either. You know, I don't do that <laughs> shit. I'm gonna read the chapters and that's about it. Um, but yeah, for for me, it it was kind of uh, intimidating because I did get word from you, Connor, that it was a long, it, it was a, uh, you know, a good bit of reading after some time off for us. Um, and I got to be honest with you. Like yesterday, uh, I, 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 I was pretty close cause I, I did buy the book. I bought the book yesterday. Um, and just in time. Yeah. And, but, um, I, I, I was in a very weird headspace, just like not good, not, not, not a good headspace. And, uh, I was like, I don't think I can just, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I'm going to be able to read tonight. I don't know if I'm going to be podcast tomorrow feel bad and weird you know tomorrow is my 30th birthday a lot of weird things are 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 swirling through my head um right and i'm like i don't know i just i really don't know um and then uh last night i was like okay you know i took a shower let's just try let's just let's just just try to read it see how it goes and um you know it 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 actually uh felt good felt good to read and and uh you know it was was uh nice and and you know, grounding or calming, I guess. Well, I'm nice. really glad to hear that. Yeah. I think it probably helps that, um, there, there's certainly some meandering, but I would not categorize either of these chapters as walking around in the woods chapters. No, I think it no, was no. in terms of the content, it was a strong start, but I, I also really feel what Josh was saying. And you kind of, I think also mentioned Connor, but it's like, it was, it, it, it did feel kind of tough jumping back in after the break between books. And then it's like, wow, we are getting a lot of information very fast, but at the same time, like disseminated through these like very kind of dense, um, wordy chapters that I, I do, I, it, it took me several smaller attempts to like really get through that first chapter there like i i wrote i read it in like five or six different like separate sit downs just a couple pages at a time because it it felt like a lot speaking yeah. for myself yeah no i mean uh it it was and i mean yeah it's kind of funny because i feel like this is uh one of the only times even though it was dense and it you know it it was just a lot of reading um uh, one of the only times I can remember really just like I, I, I read both chapters just in one sitting. So it was a um, different experience for me. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, that must have been quite the the read. So good for you, man. Right on. Um, well, at any rate, 
let's discuss the chapters themselves then. But I guess before we do that, it sounds like we want to talk about the synopsis briefly. Josh, just a since little bit. Yeah, let me know. You have what, some notes on what's it. What's this all about? What's what's this whole synopsis business all about? What is the deal? So the synopsis just kind of goes into what's happened in the previous two books. Um, it starts off by telling us this is the third part of the Lord of the Rings. Um, but I mean, my first two notes are actually about how they refer, how Tolkien refers to the group uh, that we know as the fellowship. And previously I believe the term used was the, uh, the company. That's right. Um, and here on the third paragraph of the first page, Tolkien refers to them as the companions of the ring were then chosen uh, who were to aid him in his quest. And I think that's the first time we've seen the companions of the ring. Cause we, we've heard the referred to as the company several times, but I yeah. think it's the first time they've been referred to as companions of the ring. And to me, that just struck me as like a, uh, like some sort of alternate universe parody of the fellowship. Like something you'd see in like a Simpsons gag or something. Yeah, where like, they this is like the the off-brand version. Exactly, the lawyers couldn't get the rights to use Fellowship in the in the uh, background gag. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, maybe this stems from Tolkien's clearly obsessive compulsive need to rename things several times over. So like the Fellowship of the Ring just isn't good enough. Like it needs three other names before he's done with the story. You know. Yeah, no, that that's I think that's probably the likeliest explanation cuz cuz he certainly he's got names for days. I mean even even oh. his his name Connor, Connor. Connor just disappeared. We'll we'll give him a minute to uh pop back on, but 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 Josh even even uh Tolkien's name J R R R R R R R R R Tolkien. That's a lot of names for one person. <laughs> right? It's at least four. I know. Connor, did you catch that? Welcome back, by the way. Uh, uh, yeah, my computer did a thing, but it's all good. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm jumping back in, and I'm even I'm hearing you say just how many names Tolkien himself yeah, has. So, think, yeah, maybe that's where it comes I from. Maybe that is where it comes from. Maybe the, he thinks that's the, how... The R so nice, he had to use it twice, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, and... and uh, I I actually think that he, it's there's more than than two R's in the name. He just hides a few. Um, <laughs> yes, he's maybe embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, too many I think R's. he's embarrassed about about the yeah the amount of R's. But I think that's just like how, like, how he thinks people should be named. You know, like like his mother told him like you always give g- give a person eight eighteen names. <laughs> you know, that's just how he how how he was raised. Yeah, yeah, I think it would explain a lot. So, um, you know, I'm willing to accept that. Um, Josh, was there anything else about the synopsis specifically you wanted to mention? Uh, Yeah, actually, just a continuation of this note. On the very next page, um, Tolkien, he's referring, he's going over the part at the end of Fellowship of the the book, Fellowship of the Ring. the first part ended with the fall of Boromir to the lure of the ring with the escape and disappearance of Frodo and his servant Samwise and the scattering of the remainder of the fellowship by a sudden attack of orc soldiers. 
some in the service of the Dark Lord Mordor, some in the trade of Saruman of Isengard. Um, the quest of the Ringbearer seemed already overtaken by disaster. So within the span of a single page, he referred to them as the Company of the Ring, and then actually refers to them as the Fellowship, which I think is only the second or third time we've seen that in the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. Which is still really funny. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then my, my only other note in the, uh, the synopsis here is at the end of the synopsis, which is only another two pages or so, uh, it's going over the end of the previous book we just finished, uh, The Two Towers. And to, to do, even as they reached the cross guards and looked and took the path to the ghastly city in Minas Morgul, a great darkness issued from Mordor, covering all the lands. Then Sauron sent forth his first army, led by the Black King of the Ringwraiths. The War of the Ring had begun. And my only note there is First Army? Is that really the last paragraph in your synopsis that the, the not the last one, find? not the last one. It's just it's the last page. There's another couple paragraphs. Oh, okay. Um, I was just saying. Um, I was like, I wonder if our synopses are different because I was like, I don't, I don't. No. S- oh, but I, I do see that. I do see it. There's three more paragraphs after it. Yep. 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 Exactly. Sorry. In my copy of the book. It is uh, the the top of the last page of the synopsis, which happens to be page XII. Oh, we really do get numer- <laughs> Roman numeral pages. That's cool. And then my, my copy picks up on uh, page 929. Sweet. With the actual story. Yeah. Fun fact, sir. we have 300 pages by my count uh, remaining after these two chapters. Yeah, not much. Not much and at then, all, really. Uh, um, this is how much we have left to read. This is the appendices. For those who don't see the uh, the book I'm holding up in our audio podcast, that's about a third of the book is appendices. Yeah, those are all the things that Tolkien has been referencing and telling us to go look at the entire time, and we're like, what? And Connor, and we didn't figure that until halfway through the second book. Connor, as as somebody who has gotten their appendix taken out, you've you've gotten your appendix removed. I have. Um, how how do you feel about there being so so much appendix in uh in in the book series we're reading? I you know I I almost think it's a rule of the universe. It's like for every appendix taken out, doesn't someone have to write an appendix somewhere else? Mm, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's that's deep. That is deep. It makes you think. Um, there's only one thing I wanted to say about the synopsis. There was this note. I took, and I'm not sure exactly where it is in the synopsis, even though it's not very long. But the quote that I wrote down is is this line describing Aragorn. It says, Aragorn, now revealed as the hidden heir of the ancient kings of the West. And um, the reason I took note of that is, like, I'm going to talk a little bit about this in the first chapter as well. But... Um, Tolkien writes that so matter-of-factly in the synopses, right? He's like, Aragorn, now revealed as the hidden heir. And, um... You know, 
even I, I feel like I I feel like I know that about Aragorn just because of like meta knowledge I have of the story and and understanding the story of Lord of the Rings as a whole for so long through the movies and pop culture. I do not feel like Tolkien really does that much within the text itself to make that clear to the reader. And I kind of think that like he recognizes this because there's also something that I thought is funny in the first chapter where he sort of has to spell this out. Because, um, I don't know, I've just kind of gotten this impression that it's not as clear as the story needs it to be at this point because now as we're starting to read The Return of the King and clearly a lot of the plot developments are hinging on this understanding that hey, Aragorn's like the fucking king, right? Um, yeah. huh. We've we've gotten a lot of, uh, like, a lot of mentions of this, but nothing that says it as explicitly as it does in the synopsis here. And I feel like Tolkien has to be yeah. like, okay, like, I've kind of done a lot of, like, more, more, poetic descriptions of this or I've done a lot of like uh, you know symbolism and metaphors and you know, he's kind of like writing around it and now it's like okay like we all know that Aragorn is is like the fucking heir I mean like and we have known that because we know that he is the heir of Isildur like that's a whole big deal for him um, yeah I mean he goes into the whole thing about how the uh, uh, the kings of Gondor went up north and then they uh, presumably died out and the the, uh, the the stewards of Gondor are waiting for the king to return or something to that effect, but they never expect it to actually happen. It's more just like a traditional thing. Yeah. And But all the time, uh, Aragorn's line has, uh, has uh, uh, persisted, and he is now making his return to Gondor at some point, I presume. Indeed. Also, did you know there's a new Dune trailer today? Oh fuck! There, Sorry, there, I, no, I yeah, just found that there. There is. I uh, I was going to bring it up uh, after, um, but yeah. Sorry, um, I, I got a little distracted. Oh, um, well, that's cool. We, we have. I guess we're gonna have to do a immediate Doom Dudes episode after this too. <laughs> yeah. All right, we've got sixty pages to get through. Let's get going. It's eight sixteen. <laughs> All right. So, so chapter one, Minas Tirith. Um, this chapter, a lot happens in this chapter, um, and, uh, but it, but it starts with Pippin and Gandalf actually arriving at Minas Tirith, the, like, the last major stronghold of the race of men, the sister city to, uh, Minas Morgul, formerly Minas Ithil, um and and like Josh had mentioned is is uh ruled by the stewards of Gondor because no king really resides there. Um so so Gandalf and Pippin show up there and um after like a lot of descriptions of the city itself and like entering the city and things like that um Gandalf and Pippin are brought before the the ruler of Minas Tirith, Denethor, who is Boromir and Faramir's father, 
and we get this whole thing of uh, Gandalf kind of like prepping Pippin on talking to him and he's like don't bring up Aragorn it's kind of a touchy subject how not to make yourself out to be an ass in front of the king yeah for in 30 yeah. seconds or, in 30 seconds or less by Gandalf Stormwind yes <laughs> um and and so they end up uh, they end up talking. Pippin um, pledges his service to Denethor and sort of like becomes a I, he he comes to be in service of uh, Minas Tirith and and the uh, the men of Gondor. Um, yep. Yeah, he he explains how Boromir died and all that, and um, and then Denethor is like, okay, well, I think we've talked enough. Um, you know, you guys should probably chill out. And Gandalf's like, okay, well, you know, I, I I wrote a really long time to like talk to you about like some really important things, like things things that are like really important um, that you should know about. And Denethor is like, yeah. But you guys look tired, you know. You should go take a nap, right, Gandalf? And Gandalf is like fucking seething. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, so, so, anyways, they they leave, and Gandalf kind of just like fucks off to do who knows what. And so Pippin is left in the Gandalf care shit. of this guard of the city, and that's like a whole thing. Um, and then after that, like, the guard is like, okay, I got some stuff to do. You should go hang out with my son. And so, like, Pippin does that, too. And there's this whole scene where Pippin and the guard's son, like, watches um, all these all these different armies come to the aid of Minas Tirith. But, like, it's not, it still isn't enough strength to withstand the forces of Sauron. And there's a lot of language of, like, you know, people are kind of floating between hope and despair. Um, and then, you know, ultimately Pippin, um, goes back to the, um, I don't know, where, wherever they, they've allowed him to stay and to sleep, and Gandalf is there, you know, and Gandalf's like, oh, go to sleep, I'm fucking busy, and so it's like, still not really sure what Gandalf is exactly up to, he's wondering where Faramir is, that's what he says specifically, and then Pippin goes to sleep, and I think that's like where our chapter ends, uh, sort of. So, I mean, even in in it that was a long chapter <laughs> summary, right? Like, there's plenty of things that I condensed or skipped over. There really was a lot of shit that happened here. Um, is there anywhere specific we want to start in our discussion? Um, well, actually. I I think he left out something important at the end of this chapter. Gandalf is back when uh, um, Pippin is uh, asleep and wakes Pippin up just kind of accidentally. And they say something about going to go talk to. Uh, oh, man, they to go talk to the steward guy again, Denethor. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be I'm, summoned. I'm scanning. I'm scanning. Yeah, and uh, Gandalf came back for a little bit of peace alone. Uh, tells Pippin to sleep in the bed uh, while you still may. At the sunrise, I shall take you to the door, Denethor. Again, now when the summons comes, not at sunrise. The darkness has begun. There will be no dawn. Indeed. 
that's how the chapter ends. Sorry, I was a little lost trying to ominous. find stuff. Very, Very ominous. Very ominous. Because the last we heard, everything in in uh, Mordor was exploding and smoke and fire and darkness was falling. I guess Gandalf is saying it's quite literally darkness has fallen and will not uh, will not relent. So you don't think it's just a metaphor? No, I think when Gandalf saying, when Gandalf is talking about it in this instance, he is being quite literal. No, there I will think be no right, dawn. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll see. I I loved uh, hanging out with Pippin this mo- or most of this chapter. Um, I, that was my favorite part. Um, I uh, yeah, there 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 was a lot. I um, I I I also think it, it's you know stupid pledging your undying loyalty to this this arse hat you know of a of of a king. Um, well, your uh, is your opinion of Denethor being clouded by our viewing of the two towers maybe the movie. maybe this is the first time that he's shown up in the book i was going and, to bring and, that up like i uh wait wait we didn't see denethor in the two towers did we yes we, we did yeah, in yeah. yeah. during the flashback sub- with faramir yeah, flashback with faramir boromir he's oh yeah that's over, right in yeah, that little flashback you're right favoring yeah. boromir to you know and and uh and in the movie, you know, I did have complaints about that, but uh, um, I was happy to see that that uh, you know it has a, uh, a source from from the text um, that that is there, and the favoritism is there too, um, which, which which is pretty pretty cool. Um, I think that was brought up into two towers, the, the favoritism, but oh, right, it is a lot more yeah, but, evident um, here. Yeah. But uh, I mean, he he also is just a dick. Like like he is a dick to to you know Gandalf, and also Gandalf kind of warns Pippin too about his his attitude and like so dickishness. Yeah, so so it's I don't think it's entirely clouded by the movie, but it's definitely informed a little bit. Um, I I really love how how much um, Pippin misses Mary. Um, yeah, that is sweet. Um, and yeah i mean the whole thing where where it's like you know he, he like walks up to the to the kid and and uh you know he, the kid's like he's like how old are you he's like i'm i'm like 28 <laughs> like what <laughs> that was that was really funny um i mean yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of cool stuff about this chapter there's there's a lot of um Obviously, exciting things happen, but but they mostly are happening kind of in the background, or at least from Pippin's perspective. Um, you know, I can appreciate that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was a good one. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and I, I also was kind of struck by like, wow, we get like a full Pippin chapter, which hasn't happened. And then, um, you know, we'll talk about this, but the next chapter kind of starts off being a Mary chapter. Um, it does. Yeah. So, yeah. I was hoping, hoping for, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not the same, but, but, but there yeah, is. Yeah. It, it definitely shifts there, but like, um, I, I guess I like the way that, uh, Tolkien is, is incorporating Mary and Pippin into the story as, uh, 
as kind of like acknowledging that they've sort of been along for the ride and and like in, like actually using that as their story like Tolkien's not just pretending like oh yeah these guys have been here the whole time and like you know they're part of the company they're they've been doing so much like Pippin's whole deal and and Mary's whole deal in these first two chapters is kind of like we haven't done anything and we would like to help um and I, I think the other characters, like, there's this sense of them both selling themselves short, no pun intended, um, because, you know, their, their contributions and, and what they bring to the Fellowship, like, are important and worthwhile, but it kind of feels like here at the end, you know, they're, they're feeling, like, overlooked, and like, it's like, oh, this is a time for war and battle, and it's like, that's not their strengths. And so they're they're trying to find ways that they can still be useful, and I think that's an interesting place to, um, like take these characters because uh, it, it did make for like a, a like a compelling perspective to like follow along this this first chapter with. You know, this this easily kind of could have been like the Gandalf and Denethor showdown, but instead a lot of it is about like Pippin you know, trying to, like, come into his own and, like, figure yeah. out where he fits in, like, this this epic tale. And I thought that was, like, a cool way to do it. To yeah. start the story. Definitely, yeah. And and I, I also think that there was a risk of, um, you know, treading um, similar grounds to, you know, oh, Gandalf is, is coming head-to-head -head with this king, you know, and trying to get what he wants or convince him of something and it's like oh we just yeah. did that you know um so so yeah th this this kind of um yeah it's like a fresh fresh way to look at it and uh some it, you know provide some some meaty stuff for pippin to chew on <laughs> right and he is a fun character to uh to you know watch like i i, I uh almost feel I mean, he's been good throughout the series so far, but but you know, kind of feel like you know he he maybe has been a little bit underserved. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think we'll get into our notes in just a moment here. But like, Connor, you talking about how we we kind of find ourselves in a similar situation, but like you know things are a little different too. Uh, makes me think another another thing I was like considering here is not only are we getting a chapter that focuses a lot on Pippin, but it's like Pippin and Gandalf, you know, teaming up like buddy cop style yeah. to get into Minas Tirith, <laughs> and it's like these two. It, it felt like a really good way to showcase like um, the growth within these characters and how far, like literally and metaphorically, like this this group of characters has come from the beginning of the story. Uh, because Gandalf kind of like famously hates the fuck out of Pippin at yeah, the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like in Fellowship, he just cannot fucking stand Pippin. And it's a gag, you know. It's like a. Gag it's a total either. gag. Yeah. They play it for laughs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and in this chapter, just after um, Gandalf and Pippin leave uh, Denethor for the the first time, Pippin asks Gandalf, "Like, are you mad? Like, you look like you're upset." And Gandalf is like, yeah, I'm fucking pissed. And I was so ready 
for Gandalf to like completely lose it at Pippin, like just like t you know, like take out all his anger on Pippin and say like this was your fucking fault and like you know why didn't you steer the conversation to like these more important matters? Like you talked about Boromir the whole time. Um, and instead, Gandalf proves himself to be, like, so much more compassionate and understanding and, um, uh, you know, like, soft and caring around Pippin, and yeah. he, he doesn't place any of the blame on him for it. He's like, this Denethor guy's a huge fucking dick. You did great, Pippin. And I was like, yeah. oh my god, Gandalf! I know, and... You're awesome! <laughs> yeah, and, and, and he is very complimentary, too, when he's introducing... Uh, Pippin to to the king to you know daddy daddy king um, yes uh, what, yeah which is nice and uh, you know I I did not read the synopsis so so I so I just I need a little refresher I'm pretty sure Pippin Pippin's the one that looked into Pandora's box right yes yeah yeah that's him um, so I that's why Gandalf took him away exactly yeah that's that's what I thought and I think they they referenced that a little bit in the beginning of this chapter. Um, it's something that I kind of actually wish they did spend more time, uh, talking about. Um, but I, 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 I kind of think that that might be when the change in, in attitude towards Pippin, uh, happened, I guess. Um, I don't know, not, you know, cause, cause if you recall, like when, when Pippin did that, you know, Gandalf was mad for a little bit, but then kind of like realized, like, oh, he, you know, he, it's, it's not really his fault. It's just kind of like, it, it, it's just the nature of the beast of, 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 you know, traveling with something so, so powerful, you know, and, and, uh, True. Yeah. and I feel like in a way, maybe that humanized or hobbitized, uh, Pippin to, to Gandalf. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think that's a big part of it. I think that's definitely at least when we first started talking about it and like noticed it more and it's it's carried over into now the return of the king. Um, yeah, I wonder if there were like any smaller moments before that maybe we didn't catch, but I, I think that's that's like the major shift for sure where where Gandalf seems to see Pippin in a new light. Yeah. Or 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 at least uses it as an opportunity to like treat him um, more compassionately. Yeah, and and there's also the difference between you know Gandalf the Gray and the White, which may which might uh, yeah play a part too, right? Yeah, I I also was kind of thinking that because it's like I don't know they when when Gandalf the White first returns in the Two Towers, he's even still trying to like remember his name, you know, um, and he has a lot of names. But when they say Gandalf, he's like, oh, yeah, right. I am Gandalf, aren't I? Um, so I, I've definitely taken Gandalf the White to sort of be, as we've said, more of a regeneration of Gandalf than a straight-up resurrection. I do yeah. think he's different. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Um, well, with those beginning things said, Josh, it sounds like you have quite a few notes, and I do as well. So we should we should take sounds some time. Like to I've jump barely into said those. anything in the last twenty minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, unless you want to add into the whole Gandalf Pippin. No, uh, I, I deal, honestly don't think I can add much more to he's that. He's just heavy, heavy sighing, trying to signal. I got a lot to say, guys. I got a lot yeah. of notes. No, I, that I am trying to stay focused and awake and not 
like wander off fidgeting with yeah. other things. You're All you can think job. about is the Dune trailer. I get it, buddy. Me too. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> what would you like to focus on, Josh? Uh, well, that's not a good question because I'll say something that's not part of this podcast of the story that we're trying to discuss. Uh, but I'll go to my notes anyway. Yeah. And uh, so I I just usually go through these uh, pretty linearly throughout the chapter. Um, and at the beginning of the chapter, we're still with Marion. I'm sorry, uh, Gandalf and Pippin uh, riding to Gondor. And I think it's on like the like a few hours before they get there. Uh, Pippin looks off and he he sees uh, fire uh, on the mountainside and asks Gandalf if there are dragons in this land. And then he sees another fire spring up out in the mountains. And um, Gandalf says, "No, see the beacons of Gondor are alight, calling for aid. War is kindled. See, there is fire on the Amondine." Uh, the flame on and flame on the uh, Ailinok, and there they go speeding west. Nardal, Irelas, Minrimon, Nardal, uh, <laughs> like the Kalanhad, like the Doctor Who, and Halifirian on the borders of Rohan. Anyway, I think this is the closest we've gotten to Gondor calls for aid, uh, which happened way sooner than I anticipated in this book. So. That's just kind of where I'm going with that. that that's that's one the, true. One of the memes I, I am attuned to. Yeah, yes, that is a big... Th- right, the beacons are lit. Gondor calls for aid is another famous movie moment. Um, it is funny because later in this chapter, uh, I think Pippin says something about it to the guard, like Baragrond or whatever his name is. And... Um, he literally has this line, the guard, he says something to the effect of, like, if you light the beacons when the enemy is at your door, then it's already too late or something. You know, it's like yeah. they they need to call for aid, like, preemptively because they know that the battle's going to happen. But, uh, but yep. you're right. I think it's done a bit more dramatically in the movie, Josh. I don't remember exactly how it's done in the movie. I just remember the meme. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then they actually arrive in Gondor and uh, everyone starts uh, crying Mithrandir, Mithrandir now we know that the storm is indeed nigh <laughs> it, is the, it is upon you, said Gandalf I've ridden on its wings, let me pass I must come to you, to your Lord Denethor while his stewardship lasts whatever betide, you have come to the end of the Gondor you have known, let me pass and the, that exchange basically boils down to the guy who only shows up when shit's fucked is here oh shit and gandalf (laughs) the end is nigh repent (laughs) yes yeah gandalf uh has quite the reputation because that's pretty much what people say when they see it's like oh fuck it's gandalf (laughs) yep oh you know what i saw something on reddit yesterday um and this is relevant but it's it's uh gandalf it, it, it's about the Hobbit, and it's Gandalf sending all the Hobbits to, uh, what, like one or two at a time, to uh, uh, Bjorn's place uh, to get him to accept them. And it's yeah. just, and then it's just, it's just the that. Dwarves, and then, right. Yeah, the dwarves. Did I say Hobbits? I'm sorry. And then it's uh, Bilbo. The and then it's just Bilbo waiting beside him, wondering if that's how Gandalf introduced the dwarves to him. 
I don't think I ever put that together, that the reason The Hobbit opens up with all the dwarves showing up one or two at a time is probably because Gandalf wanted to introduce them to Bilbo the same way he later introduced them to Bjorn. Oh, you know, that is funny. I, yeah, we never caught that, but that's a really funny connection. It was surprising how many people in the comments that were saying the exact same thing. Like, I never put that together before. Yeah. That, that, that reminds me. um, I sure as hell didn't. I I actually got a uh, like a, a Facebook thing where it's like you know your memories. So and and it was like ten years ago today. I think it was ten years ago today. Um, I saw the Hobbit or one of the Hobbit movies, uh, midnight premiere. Really? Yeah. And you had no memory of that. Um. Well, I mean, nothing about the actual movie. Fair. They were premiere. Okay. Hmm. Huh. That I mean, that is funny. That is that is funny. Um, yeah, the uh, the cultural grasp of Lord of the Rings ensnared even you back then. I Connor. know, I know. I I was even susceptible. <laughs> something, something yeah. none could resist it, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Connor, Connor. Uh, felt a temptation the temptation of peter jackson fever hmm. <laughs> swept the nation i mean who could fault you for that right so um yes uh just want to move on to my next note and uh pippin starts asking gandalf uh shouldn't they tell him that aragorn's coming and gandalf just basically says maybe uh, though if he comes, it's likely to be in the some. It's likely to be in some way that no one expects, not even Denethor. It will be better so. At least he should. Uh, at least he should come unheralded by us. And this boils down to: shouldn't we tell them that Aragorn's coming? Nah, it'd be cooler if we didn't. Uh, they'll be so surprised, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit I want to add there that I was. It's what I was like, kind of trying to bring up with the synopsis, and I, I thought it was funny, but um, I think just a little after that, we get this exchange between Gandalf and Pippin. It says, um, uh, Gandalf halted at a tall door of polished metal. See, Master Pippin, there is no time to instruct you now in the history of Gondor, though it might have been better if you had learned something of it when you were uh, still birds nesting and playing truant in the woods of the Shire. Do as I bid. It is scarcely wise when bringing the news of the death of his heir to a mighty lord to speak over much of the coming of one who will, if he comes, claim the kingship. Is that enough? Kingship, said Pippin amazed. Yes, said Gandalf. If you have walked all these days with closed ears and mind asleep, wake up now. And I I, I like your inflection on yes, because I feel like that's exactly how Gandalf would be saying it. Yeah, right, Gandalf is like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but that's exactly, I think this was like one of those dual purpose lines where like it fits perfectly between this exchange. Like none of it, none of it feels like it's in service of like hitting the reader over the head and being like, hey, hello. But I think it also, um, it also catches anyone up who maybe is not caught. I think, again, like Tolkien's, I, I don't want to go so far as to say writing around it because again, like there are a lot of moments that like, pretty clearly signpost or or say exactly what's happening here 
Um, but I think in the very beginning of The Return of the King here, Tolkien has to write about it much more explicitly because of how important it is to the story. It's like there's no time for semantics. There's no time for flowery language. Gandalf is like, hello, Aragorn, the king, the fucking king, Pippin? Yep. Does that ring any bells? And <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's a great character moment and uh, just really good, like, service within the, in, within the story of being like, yes, this is Aragorn's whole deal, so just in case, we're all on the same page now, right? Okay, let's continue. There's, uh, but I, I did think it was funny. There's a and lot about this chapter and I think other, other chapters, too, where um, it does kind of feel like, you know, like you mentioned that um, Merry and Pippin very much are, like, along for the ride, you know? Um, so like at times they, they do play like audience conduit, you know, like, you know, the role of, of like, Oh, we, we uh, call Pippin an idiot, but you're really calling the audience an idiot for not catching on to this, <laughs> you know, if they haven't at this point, um, which, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you are right. And I think that is like part of the role that they play within the narrative, which, um, is smart because it's like yeah they're not a fish out of water character but they definitely give reason for Tolkien to maybe explain things that would otherwise be like why are we talking about this yeah yeah not a fish out of water just an idiot <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah which is even better you know they're they're great yeah Pippin Pippin's great here um uh one thing I wanted to mention uh, specifically to Josh, but you know, Connor, given given your watch through with Josh, you know, this might also ring some bells. But as they were describing uh, Minas Tirith, and especially like the 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 different sections of the city and how they're all like walled and separated oh, and tiered from each other. Now, yes, I felt like this was like bossing say. See, I was, I I I have a good recollection of what it looks like from the movie. I don't remember the tiered, like, like, I, I just remember it being like a, like a conical shaped city built into the side of a mountain. Mm -hmm. I, I'd never, I didn't really pick up on the, the, like the tiered nature of it and how it specifically, how it's specifically designed to have tiers and not just like, Oh, the movie magic just kind of made it visually interesting. Yeah. Um, but I think, it more resembles Omashu in that sense. And yeah, Bossing Say has the different like uh like divisions of like the, the outer wall and the inner wall and whatever's in between. I, it's been a while. Um but I, I feel like visually it's more akin to uh Omashu, maybe just like a, a mashup of the two of them, if I had to guess. Yeah, you're right. Um, it is like that, which that that was uh, the first time they go to the Earth Kingdom, right? That's Boomy's like yep. domain. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're exactly. right. It does look like that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that she was based on Minas Tirith. I yeah, I don't know. They would have come um, out about the same time. Like Bossing say the the separation between the tiers is a lot more like uh, within a. Um, class structure? Yeah, thank you. Yes, I was like, what am I trying to say here? Within a class <laughs> structure. Whereas with Minas Tirith, I don't really think that's the deal. It's more um, of a defensive 
measure. Yeah. Although, if I had to imagine the the each each level of of Minas Tirith is a different class in its own. Yeah, I guess it would make more sense to have. Like it would just like kind of naturally follow that you would have the the most prominent people under the greatest protection, which would like necessitate them being right. at the higher levels, right? So right, the, stu- the steward and all of his guests are all in the the top top level, and I imagine like the high nobles are in the second one under that, and then and, and like guards and like higher nobility or lower nobility, and then just like common merchants, and I don't know, I'm just spitballing here i'm sure tolkien wrote it down somewhere yep it's just not in the first chapter of the book <laughs> he showed some restraint yeah true yeah not even a, a song in this first chapter is like really okay oh shit i didn't even notice yeah <laughs> it actually seems like it's been a little while we get a we get a bit of a poetic passage in the second chapter that made me think about it i was like oh actually kind of been a while i think um, I can't wait till we don't have to worry about songs every other fucking chapter. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Having to come up with some sort of melody. Um, and just since we're talking about like the citizens and the guards, I just have a small note here that mentioned that um, the guards have helmets made of mithril, which I just thought was interesting because. Oh yeah, that was an interesting detail. That hasn't really been discussed lately, and it sounds like it's something that they had from, you know, ages past. Um, but but still was was cool. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of speaking yes, of songs and such, every other fucking chapter, and Tolkien being uh, Tolkien. Um, about halfway through the chapter, there's this whole discussion where um, they describe something to to Denethor. I'm I'm glancing through it and I don't remember what, exactly what the topic of the conversation is. Um, but what basically happened is Tolkien. It's unlike Tolkien to do this, but he he skips the hour long conversation and summarizes what was said, what Denethor gleaned from that from that um, discussion later, and that's what he tells us. He doesn't like he doesn't go into an hour long discussion of this is what they're telling Denethor. Yeah, he just goes to Denethor figured this out from what they were saying. True, and I just thought that was unlike Tolkien. He he usually does the uh, more arduous uh, route in that situation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, usually <clears throat> we would get more detail than less. Um, well, it wasn't like we needed more detail or that there could have been more detail. I think they were rehashing stuff we already knew. Yeah, um, that, that is also true. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm paraphrasing a lot, lot from like two paragraphs of Pippin and Gandalf talking to Denethor, so I can't really figure out what I was referring to a week and a half ago. So, well, I think we'll get there. And and with that being said, it's <clears throat> a good, I think, a good, uh, like 
segue into discussing the whole Denethor, Pippin, Gandalf discussion. Um, when they first get into like the Great Hall, I wanted to mention there's like this really great um, description of the throne itself mm -hmm. on on like this like big platform, and you know it's uh, very majestic and has this like sense of awe and grandeur. And then Denethor is not on the throne; he's on like this little fucking chair as like this old gnarled man off to the side of it. And it was just like uh, just really great like imagery of of like his true stature. You know, Denethor is not the king. He's just the steward in yep. this, you know, in this position. But um and and so like we get that like very visually with with him being like off to the side adjacent to like the actual throne. I thought that was a really cool way to introduce Denethor in the book. Definitely. I agree. And um like one of the first things he says, or maybe even the first on my note here, Denethor says, "You bring me one who saw my son die. Is this he?" And of course, you know. So, so Denethor is still very shaken up. He's he's really like just even at this point in the story, like kind of just learning about Boromir's death. It's still very fresh for him. Yeah. And um, I guess I just also liked starting. The Return of the King, um, with like the dark cloud of Boromir's death still kind of hanging over the story, um, because I I think sometimes it can feel like Boromir's death is like kind of downplayed. You know, it's like ah whatever, like just it's just Boromir. You know, who cares, right? Right, Connor? Like who gives? A I fuck? don't it's think it's Boromir. downplayed. I think it's <laughs> I I I mean I I I I think it's you know appropriate in this chapter to to go on about it. But we've we've spent enough time uh, mourning Boromir. Okay, I mean, I guess maybe I mean more in like the the scope of things. I think sometimes. And, and I guess really what I'm discussing is like maybe the movie specifically feeling like um, that Boromir's death doesn't have the same weight as it does in the books here. Like sure, the, the yeah. books, I think, do remind us of Boromir's death a lot. And, and like moments like these starring the return of the king and like Denethor being so preoccupied with learning about Boromir's death um, just really made me think about like how impactful his death is. And I, I like that it still matters you know, it kind of goes to show that Boromir dying isn't just a way for Tolkien to, like, inject some, uh, like, actual sense of danger and stakes in the story. It's like, oh, characters can die, you know? Um, it's, it's like, this really pivotal and important moment that's, like, still having these ripple effects even at the start of this third book here. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I, I like think that. that. That's a great way to to uh think of it because 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 yeah you're right i mean we i mean i couldn't have guessed the implications of boromir's death after we read it um at the beginning of the second book right yeah it yeah. is um, which which it right like it's different in the movies yeah, but yes the it's the, the beginning of the two towers he dies yeah, yeah um and Actually, how how that comes into play with you know Faramir and 
his interactions with uh, Sam and Frodo, like I'm, I'm very excited to kind of uh, see that come to a head when when Faramir returns. Obviously, Gandalf is um, anticipating something, um, and whether it's just the news that that he's going to bring his father or i mean obviously uh, a bunch of shit is going to go down regardless but uh but that that part does does um interest me you know uh, of uh, potentially like oh what if you know word of uh Boromir's actions at the very end get to his his father or um mm. you know interesting to to see if if uh these potential allies are are you know at odds over over that yeah Enduring, yeah absolutely obviously. we don't we don't know how it's all going to play out but i it is it is cool like it feels like things are very much um tied together and like when one thing happens it it matters in some other part of the story you know yeah yeah um which is always cool to see because it, it's very easy to not do that and absolutely be like, okay like who yeah. cares for sure. No, I think that's that. Uh, it's like showing a level of care in the story that, um, yeah, you can take for granted because, because obviously in real life that's how things work. Yeah, yeah. And kind of wrapping up this point, but I thought it was interesting. So, so when they approach Denethor, I think that this conversation is sparked because he has Boromir's broken horn on his lap. He has the two halves of the horn. And he says, Denethor says something to the effect that he heard the horn 13 days ago, which was kind of another line that like blew my mind. Cause like, I, I still think back to the fellowship and thinking about like how much time that Tolkien just like very casually passes by. He's like, Oh yeah, it took them like two months to get here. Don't worry about it. And now, you know, Tolkien's giving us another very clear, uh, marker or signpost to be like, okay, this moment in Return of the King happens 13 days after Boromir's death at the beginning of the Two Towers. And it's like, okay, timeline is very much condensed now instead of like spread out over these huge expanses of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's funny because it feels like so much time is like just plodding along in Fellowship and then as soon as the two towers starts, it's like okay, the rest of the story is like week. twenty days, right? It's, yeah, you got you got three weeks left of the story now. That's yeah. all. I mean, yeah. we don't know how much time will pass from now to the end of Return of the King. I'm not saying I know that, but five hundred is only one day from from, <laughs> from this point. It's been thirteen days since Boromir's fall. It's Which, gonna be like it's gonna yeah. be like three or four days, and then we're gonna get to the very end. It's gonna be like, and then ten years passed while they walked <laughs> on their way from the bottom of the mountain to somewhere else. Right. Maybe. But we don't get any of that story because ten years have passed, and we're on the next page. It's just like when uh, Gandalf walked away. Gandalf's gonna walk away, and Frodo's just gonna age another fifty years. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. Um, Josh, other notes. Oh, boy, are there other notes? <laughs> Let's see. That's what we were just talking about. 
Um, there's a good, really good analogy Pippin uses uh, about Gandalf, where uh, Baragond asks him if he is uh, a friend of of Gandalf or Mithrandir, or and if he, uh, he asks specifically, "Do you know him well?" Well, said Pippin, I have known of him all of my short life, as you might say, and lately I have traveled far with him. But there is much to read in that book, and I cannot claim to have seen more than a page or two. Yet perhaps I know him as well as any but a few. I just think that's a, a really good way to refer to his relationship with Gandalf. Or yeah. anyone's relationship with Gandalf. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Gandalf's one of those people where it's like, it feels like everyone says that they're Gandalf's best friend, but like, Gandalf is just like, who the fuck are you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Conversely, Gandalf is that one Patrick Star meme of uh, the inner mo- machinations of my mind or an enigma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, man, you're so right. Yeah, it it is a great, great idea, though, right? If like if if Gandalf were a book, it's like, you know, people only even the people who know him best can only claim to say they they understand a page of him. Right. And I've wasted enough time with you people. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And some of that is connected to this other note that I have here. I wanted to read this quick passage um, when Denethor and Gandalf are kind of like staring each other down and um, uh, Pippin kind of reflects on this. Um, It reads... It reads like this. Denethor looked indeed much more like a great wizard than Gandalf did, more kingly, beautiful, and powerful, and older. Yet by a sense other than sight, Pippin perceived that Gandalf had the greater power and the deeper wisdom, and a majesty that was veiled. And he was older, far older. How much older, he wondered. And then he thought how odd it was that he had never thought about it before. Treebeard had said something about wizards, but even then he had not thought of Gandalf as one of them. What was Gandalf? In what far time and place did he come into the world? And when would he leave it? That's that was a good, Pip, yeah yeah Pippin's musings on Gandalf. Yeah, uh, I, that is a good passage, and uh, it. I do know some extra stuff about Gandalf's backstory from a video I watched like five or six years ago, so I don't want to comment too heavily on it. But it does make. But adding this pass that passage in specifically makes me wonder if that's true for all the wizards or just for Gandalf with that particular background hmm. makes me I just don't remember enough it makes me really hope that we get a, uh, a Gandalf origin story Amazon series <laughs> be careful what you wish for Connor because you just might get it and uh, Gandalf would be played by Chris Pratt <laughs> Just a, uh, you know, rebel yeah. wizard who's kind of a smart aleck, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Chris Pratt could really embody the 
the burgeoning wisdom and and you know would early be, days uh, of Gandalf. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I think Chris Pratt would be better off playing uh, uh, the origin story of Smog. <laughs> Just voicing that. Yeah, he would before he grew smog. into Benedict Cumberbatch, and then yeah. who's the guy in Dune? Timothy uh, Chalamet. 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 Thank you. Yeah, he he'd probably do a better. Uh, Oh, he could be young Gandalf. Yeah, isn't he? Yeah. Gonna, isn't he in Willy Wonka too? He is. Oh yeah, he is. yeah. He, he, yeah. He, he could go from his Wonka origin story to his Gandalf origin story. Actually, yeah. I mean, unironically, unironically, I do think Chalamet would would probably do that role justice if that had to if that had to exist if that if that IP or would... whatever had to have an origin story. <laughs> I mean, I think he would be the choice. Hmm. Yeah, is that I, what he I just guess... gets typecast as the origin story? actor yeah maybe yeah uh wow chris pratt as gandalf is a hilarious idea though i really something <laughs> about that is like so funny to me um yeah i don't know i i like um pippin just think you know it's just funny like he's like man i've been traveling with gandalf for so long and i've known him my whole life and he's like i'm just now thinking like fuck how old is gandalf um it's kind of like what Josh was, I don't know, I think Josh said it, right? It's like, you know, Pippin's a bit of, like, the idiot character, but but it, like, works so well for having readers ask themselves the same question. Like, that's also kind of the point of this passage is to get you to think about that. And it's like, yeah, fuck. How old is, like, Treebeard was talking about wizards and, like, by extension, probably Gandalf. And Treebeard is the oldest living thing at all. So... Um, yeah, just just another cool moment. Something that was yep. very interesting. Yep, yep, yep. I do want to add, as a separate note, to just my next note is that uh, Baragons, the this guard that Pippin befriends, is just a good dude. He is, isn't he? I was worried he'd be some sort of like scheming spy kind of guy and maybe he is but first chapter like you said he he tells pippin to go find his son down in the the lower levels and uh go have fun with him and he's just he's just a overall sounds seems like a good dude yeah yeah he he is a nice guy and uh really um helps Pippin feel less alone, you know, and when, when he's out of his element, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was very nice. And Josh, you know, if, if he does end up being a spy or betraying, uh, Pippin in some way, I mean, that'll just be, that'll make it all the more impactful. Agreed. Yeah. That, that'd be a real knife in the back. Um, cause I, I do think this guy has just a good, good energy you just want to like this guy you know yeah Yeah. um exactly he was uh yeah very very supportive very kind he even has this moment with pippin where he's like hey you know i wanted to say when i first met you i kind of thought you were like this little fucking dweeb you know this little like baby man and um you know turns out you're actually like really amazing and you've done all these like incredible things and i really respect you and pippin's like hey thanks (laughs) thanks <laughs> thanks for that backhanded compliment <laughs> yeah yeah he's he's a cool dude um <clears throat> we find out the pirates are a thing in this in this uh 
in Middle Earth. It's kind of yeah, is that kind the of threat from the the other end of Minas Tirith or something. Yeah. Uh, but if you would know what I think to set the beacons ablaze, it was the news that came that eve out of uh, Lebanon. Uh, there is a great fleet drawing near the mouth of the Anduin, manned by the Corsairs of Umbar in the south. And if you aren't aware, Corsair is another word for pirates. And oh, yeah. in, the, in the words of a YouTuber, uh, the history guy that I enjoy watching, uh, every good story involves pirates. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, Lord of the Rings, specifically Return of the King, is a good story. There we have it. Seal <laughs> of approval. Yeah, I really, I have heard that before, but I completely forgot that that's what coarse hairs was synonymous with. And then the, the other thing that kind of threw me for a loop was um, as Pippin was walking down to the lower levels, like we were saying, to meet uh, Baragon's son, they kept using the word wanes over and over again. Wanes, wanes, wanes. I had to read that word like six fucking times before I was like, oh yeah, that just means kids. Really? I've never yeah. heard that word before. When I hear wanes, I think like the moon wanes throughout the week or something like that. Like Yeah, but this, like it was W-A-I-N, right? Like the, the oh, Or okay. maybe you even see it like weans or I don't know exactly how to pronounce it maybe, but um, weans. But it, but it just means kids. And uh, I was like, oh, I, right. Uh, I may have been a little too tired at that point to pick up on that word showing up multiple times. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, I only have a couple more notes. I, I'm getting close to being ready to wrap up this chapter. And honestly, I only had two notes on the next one. one. Yeah, I only have one more on this and then like four on the next one. Yeah, so I, I think we'll we'll actually get to wrap this chapter up. And then um, our, our this next chapter should be a little snappier. Um, then we'll talk Dune. Yeah, and then, <laughs> then we're going to talk about Dune. Hell yeah. Um... There's just two more things I want to mention about Gandalf and Denethor. So, um, on my copy, I know Josh, you're saying you're on page like 900 something, or I am currently looking at page 959. Yeah, well, on my copy, it's page 31. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> but Gandalf's talking with Pippin, I, I think, shortly afterwards. Um, or it could even be to Denethor. I don't know. I'm not going to waste any more time. But um, he has this line here. Um, Gandalf says, For I am also a steward. Did you not know? And um, and actually, I think it's probably worth reading just the couple lines before that. Uh, because Gandalf says, But all worthy things that are in peril as the world now stands, those are my care. And for my part, I shall not wholly fail of my task, though Gondor should perish. If anything passes through this night that can still grow fair or bear fruit and flower again in days to come. For I am also a steward, did you not know? And I think that that probably speaks to some of the lore you know about Gandalf that is not really familiar to me, Josh, truthfully. Um, kind of, yeah. But But I liked this idea of Gandalf being like, you know, he he's sort of it, it, it sounded like to me essentially saying that um, he's here to kind of like guide 
the events. races of Middle Earth, right, or or events of, of Middle Earth, like towards peace and goodness, like, um, which is a pretty grand task. Um, but I I don't know something about that idea. I I I, I feel like it's a very like humble perception of himself in the end. Like Gandalf is definitely prone to moments of like kind of ego mania just like the doctor you know where he'll kind of go on these ramblings of his like incredible power and his his like remarkable deeds of the past in order to kind of like diminish and and uh like like lord his his strength and stature over people but yeah. considering himself as a steward i i think he he also sort of has this like more more humble side to him as well like that that he sees those things in service to that, to the guidance of people. Gandalf is literally the oncoming storm. That's one of his names. Is, yeah. Yeah, indeed. He's also the last of the Time Lords. <laughs> <laughs> he's regenerated. He's the oncoming storm. He's, uh... I, I wonder if we'll see uh, Gandalf victorious at some point in this game. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Book. We're yeah. reading a book. <laughs> Or, or we could be, uh, could be. Have you, have you both watched the uh, the third special? Connor has not. No, okay. I didn't watch yeah. the second one either. I was probably gonna watch that with with you guys at some point. I figured. I was gonna say. Okay. Or or Gandalf could be the thing that happens at the end of that episode. I don't know because he's uh, there's, it's just Gandalf the White. That's what I'll say. Um, I don't know. Well, it's safe to say you're getting <laughs> some. The end. I'm just remembering the end now. <laughs> some Time Lord vibes from Gandalf. Is that right? Yeah, so he would have made a good Time Lord. We've mentioned that every single, every book we've like in, in like each at book, least I once. Think, yeah. At least once. Yeah. 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 It's it's true, and you know it'd be really interesting. I, especially, I wonder if there'd be like any interviews from like the the early from the inception of Doctor Who, like, you know, first one, two, three Doctors. I wonder if there is any intentionality to that. That's yeah. all. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that, that that is a good question. I I, I would find it kind of hard to believe. Well, I could I, say three or four. Yeah, I mean, e- e- even one in, in, in certain aspects, uh, the more ornery kind of, uh, you know, delivery of of yeah you know uh insults but then it do, it's not until the uh actually the seventh doctor um says says that he he's actually merlin oh so yeah. so so yeah there is some <laughs> there is a wizard connection but uh but it's it's not really until the new series when when he starts to kind of uh um talk about all of his his accomplishments and and you know um you know use that as another way to to convince the bad guys to give up so that's more of a russell addition yeah 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 i mean it's 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 not totally absent in the classic series but it's but it it, it might be a of like a um symptom of the time war of his his experiences through it oh well yeah that plays a huge part yeah yeah i see that's cool 
Uh, last thing I wanted to mention, and then Josh, you can get through your notes or anything else you might want to mention about the chapter. Yep, I just got one more. It was just about... Um, I, I think it's also, like, in the, the aftermath of... Um, Pippin and Gandalf and Denethor's conversation and, and Gandalf and Pippin kind of like talking about it afterwards. And, um, and Gandalf says, <clears throat> he says this, uh, referring to Denethor, he is not as other men of his time, Pippin, and whatever be his descent from father to son, by some chance the blood of Westerness runs nearly true in him, as it does in his other son, Faramir, and yet did not in Boromir, whom he loved best. He has long sight. He can perceive, if he bends his will thither, much of what is passing in the minds of men, even of those that dwell far off. It is difficult to deceive him and dangerous to try. And I just, I liked this, like, um, uh, expansion on, on Denethor's abilities and in, in relation, like, Faramir, too, because we talked a lot about, um, like, Faramir's keen insight and, and, like, clever nature in the Two Towers, and here Tolkien attributes, you know, at least that in part to like his bloodline um and and so i guess i thought it was cool that he gives kind of an explanation as to why faramir has these sort of these powers and and denethor too and so it's like yeah if you're their ally that's really great um but there's there's this sense of like the other side of the coin where it can be used against you like you have to be wary around around them because they they see so much so I thought that was interesting too. That's all. all right. That's my last note. Josh, what would you like to mention? My last note for the chapter um, is coming back to a meme that I am attuned to. And it's when Pippin and uh, Baragon's son watch all the, the men marching in. There's only like I think they said like 3,000 men in total. Mm -hmm. 3,100 men. Um, doo -doo -doo. I think it's in the middle. There's this one group that come in. Forlong, men shouted. True heart, true friend, Forlong. But when the men of Lusonark had passed, they muttered, so few, two hundreds, what are they? We hoped for ten times the number. That will be the new tidings of the Black Fleet. Uh, they are sparing only a tithe of their strength. Still, every little is a gain. And the meme that this made me think of is less than half of what I had hoped for. <laughs> and I don't know if that's coming up or if that's... Because uh, I've seen that meme pop up a couple times with like people who are bad at math. Like when they get a 60% on their... Uh, on their fractions homework or some silly thing like that um and it looks like in the meme it was uh theoden and aragorn in the frame together so i don't know if it happens later on or not but we'll see hmm yeah because i don't remember it popping up in the two towers when we watched it we watched the the um what's it called the extended version extended edition thank you <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I'm sure you would have caught it if it was there. So I, I think you have every reason to believe it'll <laughs> never, be in Return of the King. We never talked about it when we were talking after the movie, but I did point out the when he kicks the orc helmet, we had, when we were watching it, was like, did you know he broke his foot? <laughs> yeah, we can do all the Lord of the Rings stuff now. Well, two-thirds of it. <laughs> we're, we're almost real Lord of the Rings fans. I'm so excited. Wow. Crazy. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I know we, we spent a lot of time in this opening chapter. There, there is a lot here, and I know I say this a lot too, but, I mean, truthfully, there's still more yet that we could talk about. But I, I think we hit a lot of important parts um, of it. And, uh, and yeah, it, it is just cool kind of to see Pippin exploring Minas Tirith. Um, be interested to see, like, what comes of him going back to Denethor, because it sounds like there's going to have a, another meeting. What's Gandalf up to exactly? You know, what, what is he preparing? What are his plans? Um, and, and yeah, like, what what is Denethor's deal? Because he, he seems like, um, you know, he, he sort of embodies these character traits of, like, um, being being an ally but maybe an obstacle too you know what uh what what are what's his true nature um i think that's an interesting place to start the story anything else we want to say here before getting into our next chapter i don't think i have anything to add it was a long chapter it yeah, was a it long, was a long chapter okay Let's take a very quick break. Yes. We'll we'll come back and we'll speed through this next one. All right, sounds quick good. Tight two. All right. All right. So this second chapter here is uh, the passing of the Gray Company, and chapter opens with Mary. Uh, I I think it's like kind of sh just shortly after. Um, Pippin and Gandalf take off uh, towards the end of the first book of the Two Towers. And now we're kind of catching back up with what happens with the rest of the party after they uh, depart towards Minas Tirith. And um, uh, essentially the, the group is, uh, you know, Theoden is like, oh, well, I'm going to go back to Eowyn. Um, who is watching over the, the, you know, women and children and elderly of my kingdom at that, like, uh, like bunker or, or safe, safe place, whatever it is. Um, so everyone, Theoden and Aragorn, Gimli, Legolas, Mary, make their way towards there. And as they're doing so, there's this other group of horses behind them that they notice and it's like oh are they friend or foe they stop well it turns out it's the other dunadanes uh or the the dunadans or whatever i don't know um uh the the like ranger uh numenorian descendants uh you know the, the, the group of, you know, people where, where we first met Aragorn. You know, that's that's how Aragorn is introduced, as a ranger of this group. Um, of course, Aragorn is the king, the Sealdor's heir. As we've said many times already, this discussion, um, 
the other Dunedains, uh, I think are just like, you know, men in, in which the bloodline of Numenor still flows through them. You know, they, they have the, the blood of the old kings, though they may not be kings themselves like Aragorn. Um, and, uh, and they're like, hey, we got your message for aid. And Aragorn's like, I never sent any message. And they suspect it was Gandalf who who called for their help. Um, Legolas has another theory, but we'll get back to that. Yeah, you're right. Um, at any rate, this the the Dunadins they 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 join the group and they all continue to this uh, safe place. But on their way there, they stop at Helm's Deep. Um, and while they are resting there, before they continue on, Theoden is saying like they're going to take this mountain pass, which is kind of the long way to get to Eowyn's uh, stronghold. And originally, Aragorn and the rest of the group are also going to go along with Theoden. But after resting there for the night, Aragorn says that his, his fate lies on this other path. In fact, it's the path of the dead. <laughs> Every time someone says that, people like are shocked. They're completely fucking shocked, which was hilarious. Um, it really felt like some Scooby-Doo shit where it's like, whoa, the path of the dead. You know, like lightning goes off. The literally. Horse the horse is Winnie. Yes. Yeah. It's very dramatic. Every time they say it. And uh, it's just funny. It's just funny because it's one of those things that you're like, yeah, this might have really landed in the 50s. Um, and it just feels a little bit silly today. But I, I do love it for that. Uh, it's not a criticism. It's just kind of humorous. Um, and, uh, you know, moreover, um, you know, Aragorn's like, I, I have to do this, and you know, you know, anyone who wants to come with me, you're welcome to. But this is where my fate lies, and um, so um, Mary stays with Theoden, who he also pledges and swears allegiance to, and kind of a fun mirroring of Pippin's whole deal. Um, and and he stays alongside Theoden's side as as they ride out the next day. Um, Gimli and Legolas stay with Aragorn and the other Dunedains. And then um, Aragorn mentions. Uh, I'm definitely going to want to talk more about this. But he mentions that he he comes to this realization because he looks into the Orthanc stone, the the Palantir. Um, Pandora's Surprisingly, box says, he, he, he has it is kind of the big surprise there. Or did we know Gandalf handed that to him? Um, I, I was think, surprised. I, I didn't even really think about that, but I do, I do think that Gandalf gives it to Aragorn for safekeeping. I think that's how that chapter kind of ends. Right. Where Pippin originally looks into it and Gandalf's like, oh, Aragorn, you should hang on to this. And it's like, couldn't you have done that before? You know, we mentioned, but I, I do think he's he's given it by Gandalf. I guess I could be wrong about that, but that's how I remember it. At, at any rate, I'm surprised he was looking at it or into oh, it yeah. the whole time. Yes. Yeah, that is... Well, I you know, I'm not really sure if he was looking into it the whole time or just this one moment. 
Um, that he decided to look into it willingly. Yes, okay. There After seeing it. what happened to Pippin. Yes. And I definitely will come back to that, because he has some interesting stuff to say <laughs> about that. Um, but, but that's how he comes to this decision, and so... In this chapter, we even get more of them. Uh, so they, they ride off. They get to Eowyn and her group much faster because instead of taking the mountain pass, they go directly across the plains. Um, Eowyn begs to go along with them. And Aragorn says, like, well, your your place of duty is to stay here and, and you know, uh, watch over the people. That's what you were tasked with. Um, you know, I can't give an order for you to come along with me. Uh, that's really hard for Eowyn to hear because she wants to, uh, you know, kind of prove her worth in battle. Yeah. And I didn't get it until the end when Aragorn asked her, what do you fear, lady? And she responds, a cage. I realized, oh, this whole exchange between them was moved into the two towers. Yeah, the movie. I, I remember that. Yeah, the, the movie because I remember that line, "a cage," that being the one thing she feared. And um, there's being much, much in more right before the, the battle. There's much more sexual tension in the movie version too. <laughs> we, we did talk about that. Yeah, but it, yeah, but I I thought all that was just kind of like added in, but to the movie. But no, it's like the death of Boromir uh, in Fellowship. This was moved from. The, uh, the the subsequent book into this into the preceding movie for I imagine pacing issues. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, and it, I don't know. I I can see how that would how that would follow. Um, because, you know, here in this chapter, it's like, okay, Aragorn and, and, the, and the gang make this, like, bold decision to go on the path of death. And it's like, oh, well, we got to make this quick pit stop here um, <laughs> instead of just, like, going there. So, um, yeah, I can see how that makes sense. But, but here in the chapter, it works just as well because, you know, that Eowyn, Eowyn wants to come along on this perilous journey. And, um, yeah, she, she is um, shot down. Uh, which which really, really, uh, you know, cuts her very, very deeply. Um, uh, so I thought their exchange was um, very heartfelt and, and interesting as well. Um, and then they, so they go on, they leave Eowyn behind, and they, they even get to the, like, cave itself, and they, like, continue down into it. And the whole time they're saying like they can feel the ghosts following them. They they feel like the the shadow of death, you know, lingering and 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 always following them. Um, and Gimli is especially gets a lot of moments of like being scared uh, by ghosts. Uh, but Aragorn leads them, you know, bravely forward, and. Ultimately, they they reach the stone itself, where we learn is is um, where like this oath. It I don't know. It kind of like memorializes the spot at which this ancient army broke their oath that they had made 
with a sealed door to fight against Sauron. And because they did not fight against Sauron, um, if a sealed door cursed them to essentially just like be ghosts forever until they can one day right their wrongs and fight against Sauron again. And then finally get the rest. Yes. So Aragorn finds like this this ancient spot marked by this stone that was brought over by a sealed door from Numenor. And um, even as they continue from that spot, uh, I think the, the chapter ends with a line um, that says something about... Here we go. It says... Uh, but the next day there came no dawn, and the Grey Company passed on into the darkness of the Storm of Mordor and were lost to mortal sight, but the dead followed them. <laughs> and kind of interesting that this chapter also ends with there being no dawn, which Gandalf says, and then Josh was saying, oh, yeah, maybe point. it is literal. Yep. They do say that here too. So That is a good point. So, you know, a lot happens in this chapter too. It does, yeah. But it was short. It was it was more condensed. It was uh, not dense, but like a lot happens, but it's not as long. Sure. Yeah, it's it's um, I I I definitely didn't get as much out of it as the first chapter. Um, I uh, I mostly appreciated Aragorn like. It just his his steadfastness in in going um, on this this journey on the path of the dead when when everybody is 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 telling him not to. Um, so 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 yeah, I mean there there was obviously a change in his his idea or or you know his mind and and uh, from from there on out he's he's uh, he is singularly focused. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He he uh, bravely leads the company on this perilous journey, and and Tolkien writes a few times like, "Oh man, no one else could do this except for Aragorn." Like if 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 anyone else tried to go through the path of the dead, <laughs> you know, surely they would die. But you know, but it's Aragorn, so they don't because like he's just awesome he's leading them yeah um what about you josh what are your thoughts on this chapter general or otherwise if there's anything specific you want to mention um i i appreciated that we got to see all of the characters from this side of the story in the first two chapters so i'm glad it didn't just continue with uh, Gandalf and Pippin. Yes. After we spent so much time with them. Um, something from the synopsis uh, that I forgot to mention, but it does kind of outline that the first book of this book is following uh, the remainder of the Fellowship. And the second half of the book, the, the second book of this book is going to be following Frodo and Sam like the two towers did. I, I thought that was interesting that it kind of laid that out, that they are separate stories in the same book again. Yeah. Um, 
but seeing all the characters in this book in the first two chapters was interesting and i mean we're yeah we have the we're getting the uh the aftermath of the events at oh what's it called saruman's tower um uh isengard isengard wow too many words not enough sleep um i get it and yeah they're so they're just kind of picking up where they left off after gandalf and pippin left the group and and i mean i just i'm just enjoying it the The um, uh, other Numenor guys, yeah, uh, showing up actually reminded me of when we were watching the towers and all those elf ar- elven archers just showed up randomly, right? And uh, I was like, oh, I wonder if this is like similar to what happened at the end of the chapter with uh, Eowyn. Sorry, so many names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that? that the right name yes for her okay um getting that getting moved up i thought oh is this the are these the elven archers showing up for a moment um to to assist them or something but they just happen to miss the battle in in this written version of the story um but no it turns out it's the numenors and they're here to help help aragorn and it seems just kind of out of the blue, but we get this bit from when they're trying to figure out where the message to the, the Numenors came from, since Aragorn obviously didn't send it. Gimli says, they answered the summons as you heard. Word came to Rivendell, they say. Aragorn is in need of his kindred. Let the uh, Dunedain, sorry, uh, ride to him in Rohan. But whence this message com- came, they are now in doubt. Gandalf sent it, I would guess. Nay, Galadriel, said Legolas. Did she not speak through Gandalf uh, of the right of the Great Company from the north? Um, so this is actually my note here. I think if we ever doubt where some random people or group of people appear from in this story, we should just assume that Galadriel is behind <laughs> it. So I think Galadriel sent the, sent the Elven Archers in the Two Towers movie and I'm with Legolas in this one that Galadriel unless there's something very nefarious going on I think Galadriel is uh, the one who sent the the Dunedain to Aragorn in this time right yeah I even as I was like giving my summary and I said they attributed it to Gandalf and you were like oh no but we learned this other thing too and I like I just finished reading this chapter and I like there was so much it feels like that's happening that I, even I like forgot that I had read that already. Uh, but you're <laughs> you're right, Josh. Yeah. And um, in in this group of the Dunedain or Dunadin or however you say it, um, <clears throat> we also get that Elrond's sons are here as well. So there's right. another like Elvish connection. It's Aladdin and Elra here the sons of Elrond are part of this group and they like bring a message from Arwen from Rivendell and they have this banner and you know all this stuff but it there's even more of like that elvish connection 
that um, I guess that makes it feel like it would make more sense coming from Galadriel rather than Gandalf. So, um, and then even Gimli has like a funny line where, <laughs> where after they're saying that Galadriel like had read the hearts of them like and knew that Aragorn like would require this aid. Gimli is like, man, we should have like hoped in our hearts that our, you know, our friends would come too. Like, where's all the dwarves? Where's all the other elves? And Legolas is like, well, I don't think they would come anyways because they have their own problems to worry about. But um, Gimli's coming in clutch with the comic relief there. That was funny. <laughs> I mean, in the last book, being not Lord of the Rings, but The Hobbit, um, all the dwarves did show up. At the last minute, so I, I, it's not an unreasonable thing for him to say. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, so the I, I think really the two major things I want to talk about are um, Aragorn and Eowyn's conversation, and then like the whole deal with the Oathbreakers and like. Aragorn's quest with the dead people. Um, so when Aragorn shows up and Eowyn is saying like she really wants to fight alongside him, um, Aragorn responds with, you know, some pretty, I don't know. I, I, I would say like level-headed and reasonable um, responses, right? Um, they're, they're all coming from, like, that kind of place of, like, honor and dignity. and But, you know, he's like, well, you, you kind of have, like, a job to do, right? Like, you can't just abandon your, your post. Um, but I think... And then she tries to cancel him. Well... <laughs> for being a sexist. I am, hey, I am not here to say that Aragorn, Aragorn is wholly right in this situation. That's actually where I... I, I wanna... I want... Like, I... I feel like it would be very easy for Tolkien to just write Aragorn as being wholly correct. And it's like, oh yeah, Eowyn shouldn't want for anything more. Aragorn's like, Aragorn's a man. He knows what he's talking about. Um, but Eowyn has this great response. She says, All your words are but to say, you are a woman and your part is in the house. But when the men have died in battle and honor, and you have leave to be burned in the house for the men will need it no more but I am of the house of Aeril and not a serving woman I can ride and wield blade and I do not fear either pain or death and then that's where we get the what do you fear a cage which is a fantastic line yeah that, um, that, yep. that's one of the best uh, best moments I think um, it was a good moment in the movie too actually it's true but I, I also really just like the lead up to that where I think it would just be very easy for the author to be like, well, you know, as the creator of this story, I've structured it for the man to be right. It's like, you could just, you would just do that without thinking. It's the fucking 50s. Like, why would you even sure. think twice about it? Um, and again, like, I'm not saying that Tolkien's writing, like, uh, the, the the most remarkably progressive text of his he's, time, but I, I do think... He's woke. He's but, woke. But I do Tolkien's think... Woke as, they should call him wo Woken. Oh my God, Connor! Can I finish my fucking? Yeah, All I'm saying is, 
Um, I I like that Tolkien also sets Eowyn up to have this response to Aragorn. It's like, okay, Aragorn, all this stuff you're saying is great and all, but you're just saying, just as, just as she says, you know, you're just telling me to stay here and be quiet. Um, I just thought it was a really sharp observation and rebuttal from Eowyn. I like that she doesn't just accept what Aragorn has to say. Um, so I thought that was a really cool moment for her. That's... That's what I want to say about J.R.R. Wolking. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's like, how, just explain this one to me. How did the woke mind virus get into books from 1950? Did, Great question. Did, did it travel back in time or something? Or was it always there? Is Lord of the Rings the start of all this? <gasps> what? Could it be? Yeah. Someone's got to tell that guy on Twitter. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah, you should do that. Yeah. that. That should be you. Okay. I'll 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 DM him. Um So so anyways, yeah, I um I I mean it's still it still ultimately ends with Eowyn being left behind, you know, like crying on her own, not doing anything. So yeah, I mean that's it, it, that that is disappointing to me, but it's a good moment, and I mean, but you know, do you th- did it make any impact on Aragorn? You think? Like, do you do you think that he's affected by her words? Yeah. Yeah, I do think so. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I do. I hope so. There's there's a small description there as he rides away saying like, oh, you know, those who know Aragorn the best could tell like the pain he carried or, you know, something something very much in that vein of like, oh, you know, the, the stoic suffering of man. Yeah, but that's not really saying like he understands what 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 this woman was telling him about oh about her, I see. her life I see. and her her you know her her uh her needs and desires and you know well that's true if if what you're asking is because if you're saying is he affected by it it's like yeah i think he understands that she's sad and it makes aragorn feel bad so he's carrying like more of the burdens of humanity in that way yeah um, of his people as he sees it but do i think that like aragorn has a, a broadened perspective and better understanding of like the female struggle no not at all yeah yeah okay i don't, I don't yeah. think that happens we're on the same page um okay and then only other thing i want to mention is like what do we think about like the whole fucking thing where aragorn has to like talk to dead people what the fuck's going on what the fuck is going on is this going to be kind mm-hmm. of like in hitchhikers when when there is a ghost and you're like, this, <laughs> you're like you, you just threw ghost. the book away you threw the book away you're like this fucking shit sucks <laughs> what the fuck's up with this ghost all right i, I think mean, it's a bit more warranted here in this story I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, what I, do you guys make of it? I was expecting it because the ghost showing up was one of the parts I remember from the movie and being and wondering what the fuck was going on. Um, so it's somehow both nice to know that this is how it happens in the book, but also kind of concerning that I still don't know why it's so sudden in the book. 
I do kind of feel like it could have been set up more. Just a little bit in a more, way. yeah. It could even just have been, like, part of the, like, you know, Boromir has that, like, poem dream or whatever about, like, all the different things. It's like, I feel like he could have or just had, like, one line in there about, like, the, the road fucking of death. ghosts. Or mention the road of death when they're heading out to, uh, uh, fucking Minas Tirith for the first, not Minas Tirith, um, Helm's Deep for the first time. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we could go, if, if we're really serious, we could go through the... The, the road of the dead and be like are you insane or something like that like do that in the last book and then this time it's like or, or just have one of the hobbits like why don't we go through that valley over there and like no only people go only people who want to die go that way yes or something like that yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think those would have been good ways to do it that's that's true it does seem like a very sudden shift in story but but also I think Aragorn sells it again just by his you know, compulsion to to do whatever it is he's doing. The the chapter itself for me it it, it does feel like uh, there's like a lot that's um fit in there that's kind of just uh maybe not treated with the weight that it should. And uh, maybe that's just like me reading it when I'm super tired and like just <laughs> you know not you know like understanding any of it until now we're talking you know and i feel like i'm <laughs> like hearing about some of this stuff for the first time but um yeah okay but, but no it, it it did feel like it all kind of went by in a blur and there's not a lot of reasoning um or or set up for for the ghosties yeah that's that's kind of my takeaway too like i think it all works i don't think it's I wouldn't even call it like jarring. I just think it's sudden. Um, it does. Yeah. It feel like it all like fits. Little rush. And um, you know, we'll see where it goes. This is obvious. We're just reading the second chapter here. Like, certainly, there's going to be more to it than what we've gotten here. But it is kind of like a crazy opening to the book, where it's like the first chapter, the whole ministerial chapter. It's like, yeah, this tracks. Like, this makes complete sense from where we left off. And now the second chapter, it's like, oh, Aragorn has to go recruit the ghost army. And you're like, what? <laughs> what the fuck are we? What is this now? Um, but I, I do think it's a really cool like piece of lore. Um, but it also, it's like, yeah, maybe even when we have like gotten like lore dumps and exposition on Isildur himself, like, couldn't they have mentioned something about like these people that he he tried to drum up for that like maybe Elrond during the council of Elrond Elrond could have talked even just mentioned the group of people that like you know uh, broke their oath to fight against Sauron or whatever um i guess that kind of, it's like a, du a double edged sword because then it, when we had read about if if we had read about it prior it's just another one of those things that Tolkien includes it feels like there's no context and you're like why am i reading about this this makes no sense but now it's like we're getting to this point and it feels like, oh, well, there had to have been a slightly better way to do it, right? So that all being said, I I don't think any of it is bad. I just, it, it kind of feels like we're, we're in agreement that maybe it could have done been done a bit more uh, smoothly. It, it could have been a smoother transition into this whole deal. Yeah. 
but I, I do think it could be a cool adventure for Aragorn. I'm still excited to see where it goes. I think it's a cool idea. Um, oh, right! And, I, and, and it's introduced through Aragorn looking into the fucking Orthanc stone. We at least need to mention that a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, that's um, I forgot that's how it led into it. Shoot. That's an exciting part. You know, again, I, I, I mentioned, like... Uh, I, I I wish that was talked about, or at least you know Pippin's experience with it was talked about more. Um, yeah. So so, so yeah, I, I I hope we can explore its powers, and uh, you know, it can lead us into some cool cool stuff. I think so too. Um. Let me just quickly read this passage here. Of This is how Aragorn describes looking into the stone. Um, he says, uh, Nay, my friends, I am the lawful master of the stone, and I had both the right and the strength to use it, or so I judged. The right cannot be doubted. The strength was enough, barely. He drew a deep breath. It was a bitter struggle, and the weariness is slow to pass. I spoke no word to him, and in the end I wrenched the stone to my own will. That alone he will find hard to endure, and he beheld me. Yes, Master Gimli, he saw me, but in other guise than you see me here. If that will aid him, then I have done ill, but I do not think so. To know that I lived and walked the earth was a blow to his heart, I deem, for he knew it not till now. The eyes in Orthanc did not see through the armor of Theoden, but Sauron has not forgotten Isildur and the sword of Elendil. Now, in the very hour of his great designs, the heir of Isildur and the sword are revealed. For I showed the blade reforged to him. He is not so mighty yet that he is above fear. Nay, doubt ever gnaws him. So Aragorn's just like... Yeah, so I looked into the Orthanc stone, and not only did I didn't, you know, not only did I not succumb to Sauron, but I had him intentionally behold me and the sword that, you know, slew him the first time. <laughs> and on top of that, I was able to completely ignore him and use the stone for my own purposes, which like must really fuck him up because not only did I not acknowledge Sauron but I completely re <coughs> repurposed the thing that he thought he had control over to to my own desires yeah so it's... he he kind of I mean we we said this before and I, I really in a way I'm sorry to say this again guys but he kind of pones him uh, yeah <laughs> I was gonna say he 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 does pwn the guy ugh um, that that's a bit of a badass moment. If I do say so myself. Yeah. And yeah, that part I really liked. Yeah, yeah, that that it was it was a great uh, Aragorn moment. Um, you know, I mean, I I, I don't know if this is where it's going to go, but I do feel like it's the, there. There's the idea, like, oh, I mean, could that come back and bite him in the hiney? I don't know. We'll see. He, he, I mean, 
he obviously has good reason to be confident and assured of of, of himself, but but also uh, I don't know. There there's there's such thing as too cocky. Yeah, yeah, especially given the the dire situation they find themselves in, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, anything else we'd like to mention about this chapter? No. No. I mean the. Uh, it was quick. Uh, quicker than the first chapter. And I'm surprised that they actually got to the ghosts being like, yeah, we'll help you. Not trying to kill him with her. So. Yeah, I mean, I get the feeling we're going to get more on the whole ghost thing itself. Um, but, but yeah, I was not expecting the second chapter to have the ghosts to just have that yeah we we got a lot we got a lot of it in the end also the ending of this this chapter is pretty like really well written township of fords of cyril they found deserted for many men had gone away to war and all that were left fled to the hills at the rumor of the coming of the king of the dead but the next day there came no dawn, and the Grey Company passed into the darkness of the Storm of Mordor and were lost to mortal sight, but the dead followed them. I think you mentioned the uh, no dawn came, but that, that last line, the, the Grey Company passed into the darkness of the Storm of Mordor and were lost to mortal sight, but the dead followed them. Mm. That... Yeah, yeah, it really is a fantastic line. Um I don't know. Kind of makes me wonder, like, if we are just not going to catch back up with Aragorn for a bit. Like, I feel it like passed out of mortal sight. It's like, um, it's like, are are, are is there going to be like just this big chunk of chapters before it's like, okay, now we're back with Aragorn? Maybe not. He might be in the next chapter. But it kind of feels like, it kind of feels like there, there might be a. Uh, kind of a break in between like this introduction and then maybe the next time we continue his side of the story I wonder yeah um, but that's that's all I have to say about these first two chapters uh, which was a lot we had a lot to say about these first two chapters a lot happened we got oh yeah a really really big thorough dense introduction into this third part of the story, but it, it definitely leaves me excited to see what's going to happen next. Yeah, and uh, me too. I, I think we're going into uh, uncharted territory where we're, we're finally really um, coming into true conflict with the enemy, you know. Um, Josh, you said that, that in the synopsis it, it, it does say that the book is, you know, focuses on... on this crew and then the second half with Frodo and Sam I think that's what it said in the synopsis yeah it just oh that's interesting to me because because it it doesn't even I feel it doesn't even have to do that because uh the part it's like they're kind of separated into three parties now anyways you know right (laughs) Josh something is going on really weird with with, uh, your mic it's all distorted and I'm sorry it's okay do I sound okay now yeah Okay, yeah, sorry, my my copy of the book was resting on my microphone and like like 
applying pressure to the cable. Oh yeah, it was really fucking up. So when I was shifting it, when I was shifting that, it was shifting the mic. Sorry. Um, but I, I did miss a note. Um, we have a bit. I think we have a mirrored paths with between Mary and Pippin in the uh, being set up in this in these two chapters. Um, because we we mentioned in the last chapter that Pippin had sworn fealty to Denethor in, and Gondor, but here we have in this chapter we have Mary uh, swearing allegiance to uh, Theoden. Um, and I feel like I feel like how do I word this? Mary is getting the better deal and is doing it more wholeheartedly and um, willingly than Pippin did. I mean, Pippin did kind of initiate his allegiance swearing to Denethor, but I feel like he may have regretted it afterwards. And I may be it was like It was kind of a knee-jerk movie, reaction, but I'm not I feel sure. Like. Sure. Yeah, but this, but with Mary, it feels a lot more like this is what he wants to do, and he's sure of it. Yeah, and I, I do think that Theoden is presented as like a more just, uh, pure-hearted ruler, and and yeah, Denethor is um, a bit more shady than that. Right. Uh, I. My, my note there is pretty much like, are we going to start seeing like a parallel mirror path between the two of them? These two, uh, <clears throat> yeah, maybe so similar characters. Yeah. Yeah. I do think it is kind of set up that way and it is cool to see in these first two chapters, like you're saying they, yeah, yeah. It, it mirrors each other. Tolkien really likes to do that. So good catch very very cool to see sorry i missed that note earlier <laughs> <clears throat> yeah all right i think with that we are good to end here um i'm very happy with our discussion and look forward to our discussion on the next two chapters chapters three and four of return of the king next time connor can hell, you take us away hell yes i can uh, if you like what you hear and want to support us, you can do so at patreon.com slash chapter chumps. You can follow us on both Twitter and Instagram, but we don't really use Instagram. So just Twitter, um, at chapter chumps. Is it chapter chump at chapter chumps, right? I think so. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter at chapter chumps. I mean, you'll if you search that, you'll find it. So sure. yeah, yeah, um, it, we we are there. Trust me. Um, if if you want, you know, and 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 are uh, you know feeling nice and generous, go on to Apple Podcasts and uh, give us a five star rating and a nice review. Would you know really appreciate that too? Um, and uh, let me see what else is there. I'm forgetting all my spiel. Oh yeah, we're uh, a new Dune trailer dropped, so look out for a new episode of Dune Dude soon. Um, if you're into uh, punk rock, check out Green Dudes. Um, you can go to corruptedtv.com for all the rest. Uh, but you know, mainly Chapter Chumps um, on Twitter, and uh, yeah, say nice things about us online. 
But until next time, folks. This is. I feel like we may have missed a brand opportunity to just call this chapter, dudes. Yeah. We've had Uh, that discussion. Josh, not everyone wanted to name this podcast Chapter Chumps. No, I remember. But we're stuck with it now. No, we're not stuck with it. We could always change it if we felt like it. Nah, we're stuck Uh, with it. This, Thanks for this, listening, everyone. This is Professor P. Goodfoot and uh, Who? Blastosaurus, Blastosaurus signing off. Who the fuck?